Welcome to the Body Grievers Club. This is a podcast aimed to help those who are struggling to make peace with their here and now bodies. I'm your host, Bree, a fat positive body image educator and coach. My goal is to help you feel less alone in your body grief. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of body image, body grief, as you find your way home to your body. Welcome to the club. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this evening. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. If not, happy holidays. I am really excited slash a little anxious to be hot seat coaching myself uh, through some body image hurdles. Now, a couple days ago, I shared um, this is being recorded in December of 2021, which whenever you're listening to this, COVID is making a comeback. I saw I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, the third round or the third storyline, the, the third season of the pandemic is outplayed and the writers didn't come up with anything creative. And I thought that was very funny. <laughs> and so, and I don't even think that's what's making me anxious, but I'm sure it's not helping. So the thing that I had noticed why I'm hot seat coaching myself is because I've been feeling some uh, discomfort in my body. And one of the things that I teach my clients that I teach my professionals is that when we experience discomfort in our body, can we zoom out? Can we get analytical and understand what is happening, what's going on inside of our brain? So the thing that was uh, triggering me was that I was feeling very acutely aware of my body. And so um, I actually believe I was wearing the exact same pants that I'm wearing. And I just, I was noticing my stomach touching my legs, which is a thing that they normally do. That wasn't something new. This wasn't like out of nowhere. Uh, I'm very in touch with my closet. And I'm also very in touch with that sometimes clothes just don't fit the way you want them to. It doesn't mean that it's your body. It doesn't mean it's the clothes. It just means how you're feeling that day. That's another podcast, another, another chat for another time. And so these are clothes that I'm very comfortable in and I couldn't understand why it felt uncomfortable. And so when I zoomed out, the thing that I realized is that when I become hyper aware, typically that is an indication of anxiety for me. And so I started brainstorming about all of the things that could potentially be making me anxious. I knew the holidays were coming up. I know COVID is, you know, make it a comeback. I mean, not that it's ever gone anywhere, but you know what I mean. And when I, when I thought uh, objectively, the thing that is new that is coming up that is making me anxious is the fact that with my team, I built in over 10 days of no work. And even as I say that, like I can feel a tightness in my throat, which is also interesting because usually when I feel anxiety, I feel it in my, in my chest. So I knew coming on this live that I was going to want 
to have something to work through. And, and typically I'm very in touch with my thoughts because I utilize the same strategies that I teach my providers, the same language that I teach my clients. And for whatever reason, I have just hit a hurdle. And so when, when my clients, when my providers, the suggestion I'll have for them is to tell the person who feels stuck to just do a brain dump. Can you sit down and write out what is going on? So I started writing down uh, some things and I'm going to share some of those with you. And then I'll walk you through how I, I would coach someone through this. So I first just highlighted the feelings in my body because I could connect to that. And I knew that I was feeling tightness in my, before it was in my chest. When I just said it out loud, it was in my throat. So that was interesting. And I had just journaled before this. So it's changed. So we're going to note that. One of the skills that I teach providers and my clients is to uh, scale the discomfort because we need to understand how distressful it is. Oftentimes, we lump discomfort into the same category as distress, when in reality, it might just be discomfort. And because I am so skilled in this, because this is something I, I do on a daily basis, I knew this was different. I knew this wasn't just discomfort for no reason. I knew this was my body trying to communicate to me. There was a time a couple of weeks ago when I put an outfit on and I was just like, nope, this does not feel good on my body. And I changed and I instantly felt better. In this instant, anything I've put on, I just feel uncomfortable in. Everything feels like effort. Everything feels so hard and difficult to do. And again, if we take the judgment out of it, if I lean in, I can understand a little bit of what my body is trying to communicate to me. So in my journaling, I was attempting to assess the distress level and I couldn't do it. So usually I ask my clients to scale from one to 10, 10 being the most distressful. I can't think of a number. And so I instead tried to scale it from low, medium, and hard. It doesn't feel hard. It doesn't feel like I, I can't explore this. And it doesn't feel like I can just cope and, and you know go back to my day. And so it feels like a moderate level of distress. So I'm going to read to you some of the things that I've, I wrote out. So I wrote down, what is the fear? The fear is that what about all of the things that need to get done? The story I'm telling myself, it feels unsafe to take a break. Something about this makes me feel uneasy. I don't take breaks because it scares me. I am so overwhelmed most days and it feels like the work is never done. I work to finish the work and I don't, so everything else feels like a chore. It's hard to know when to break when I'm the boss. It feels like I'm already dropping so many balls. Still, no one is 100% happy, least of all me. There is a part of me that believes if I can finish everything, I will feel satisfied. Work became my new diet. And the diet was working because I'm succeeding, but it's not making me feel complete. It was never intended to. 
So one of the things that I sort of brought awareness to is that before Body Image with Brie was my job, Body Image with Brie was my hobby. I started this page as a blog. I started it because I was passionate about it. And it became a job. And I I jumped in, dove in headfirst. And it's been so rewarding in so, in so many ways. And for all intents and purposes, it is successful, which is, I think, what is tricking me is that in my mind, it's working, right? Of I was able to leave my full-time job. I was able to, you know, do this full-time. And, and I think the fear of letting go probably is synonymous to that fear when a person is on their intuitive eating journey and is afraid but what if I let myself eat what I want am I just gonna gain all of the weight like what's gonna happen so at the end of the day it comes down to trust it comes down to do I trust my body to tell me what it needs. So the rest of the rest of what I wrote is this this isn't a covid issue. This isn't a new career issue. This is a habit of years of not setting boundaries, never saying no, never stopping. I think intuitively working isn't cutting it cold turkey. I think it is prioritizing the things in my life I've been neglecting. And if I want to work, I can. But if I want to break, I want to honor that first. So part of what I think was making the idea of taking this break is because if you're familiar with the Enneagram, something that I'm, I'm a really big fan of, I'm an Enneagram too, and we are notorious rule followers. So if I'm like, I'm going to vacation the right way, the right way would be, it's my one wing, I'm an Enneagram two wing one. And if I'm going to vacation the right way, it means... I'm not going to do any work at all. And even when I'm supposed to break, I'll be like, it's fine. I'm just going to work a little bit more. But it's never the opposite. It's never like, oh, I'm supposed to be working. I'm going to, I'm going to do the opposite. And I think that that happens when something that you love is also something that you're responsible for. And so if I was coaching a client, even now thoughts of dieting comes back because it feels safe. It's the default. It's so hard to let go, to trust yourself to let go. And I think that that's, that's the key, right? Is we don't know what's on the other side. We know what that feels like. And so there is comfort in that. But there has never been comfort in just trusting your body. And if I were to use that example, right, with it, my journey with intuitive eating, intuitive eating changed my life learning to trust my body around food. I remember how distressful it was. And I remember how distressful it was to begin this journey. And now where I stand, I look back and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad that I did it. I want to read you all something. In my community, we have a community night and this time, what we did is we talked about permission slips and intention setting for 2022. And as many of us know, re resolutions don't work. So here were the permission slips that I wrote in 2016 when I was just learning to make peace with my body. 
I give myself permission to let others' success be their success and not deem it as my failure. I give myself permission to fail with grace, to eat without guilt, to make mistakes, to love my body, to be single and happy, to be vulnerable, to buy clothes that fit my body, this body that makes me feel good, to feel sexy and to feel qualified even when I feel unqualified. Here are the permission slips that I, I made for last year, for 2021. I give myself permission in 2021 to face my money gremlins, to make mistakes and not have to get it right, to embrace imperfection, to become more curious and less critical in my self-talk, to take sick days and rest days, to outsource activities that are monopolizing my time, energy, or resources, to be less all or nothing with movement and to sit in my mental discomfort of stillness, to say no and set boundaries earlier, even if it upsets others, to prioritize my needs over other people's discomfort. I'm a recovering people pleaser. I give myself permission to not be liked by everyone I give myself permission to be misunderstood and be okay with that feeling sucking. So when I look at that list, when I look at these things, there are many of these things that I can see I was able to do. I was able to give myself permission to make mistakes, to get it wrong, to be less critical of myself, to outsource activities, to set boundaries. There are still things here that I am still struggling with like taking sick days and rest days, uh, still wanting to be liked by everyone. And that's probably a core wound. And it, and here's the thing with core wounds is they might always be there. And this is why I don't, I don't believe that our core wounds are things that we have to heal and then move on from and never touch again. I actually think that sometimes the core wounds are going to be there. How do we address them when they become activated. So again, zooming back in to the next 10 days of my vacation, which again, doesn't feel like a vacation. It feels like a, a death sentence. Here's how I might coach a client through this. So what I might say to somebody is, why is it that you want rest to begin with? What is important about rest? I think rest would improve my mental health. I think it would improve my physical health. I think it would help with my self-esteem, how I experience myself most days. I think this would help my interpersonal relationships. I actually believe it'll help my finances for sure. I got into a bout for a while of like just ordering food because I don't have any energy to do anything else. And if I had space and time and rest in my schedule, maybe I would be able to cook more. Maybe that desire would be able to be there. But it can't right now because there's no room. And so rest feels like an important value for me because I think it is, it's the most caring thing. You know, if somebody says, what do I do for fun? I look at them like, I don't know. What do, what do you mean fun? And, and and I think that's another thing too, right? Because I feel like people say like traditional things where it's like, 
I know one of the things that I've really been trying to do fun, just not as much rest. Uh, I love watching crime shows. I just get so into them. But I don't like feeling sometimes that I get sucked in and my whole day is gone. And at this point in my life, I allow it because I'm like, I know I'm not resting at any other point. In the past, I would have felt a lot of guilt. So needing to remove the judgment from this. So in an ideal world, what would rest look like for me? I think rest would be fun and functional. So sometimes doing like meditation or journaling would be a really good form of rest. I used to spend most mornings, especially when I was a student, meditating and journaling. Fun would be... See, I struggle with fun. I know I love coffee. I love planning parties. I love parties. Coffee, I love going to cafes by myself. I don't like really going with other people. And that's weird because I, I, love, I love hosting a party. I love having people over. I love decorating. I enjoy being crafty to an extent. I love learning, which is part of the problem because I love to learn. But I'm so worn out from all of the learning I force myself to do. It's no longer fun. Uh, animals, anything with animals, I think is fun. I think even having just like a routine of rest of knowing I'm going to have downtime in the day. I would love movement to be a part of that. And not that I'm bad if it's not, but rather I know I feel better when I do. That's a big one for clients is because they know that they're like, but rest is important to me and that's fine, but it has to be in a way that feels gentle and kind and not out of I feel bad because I don't do it so then the next thing I might have a client do is ask them this question what will it cost you not to rest and so again here my it will you know it could cost me my health it could cost me and I, I mean that mental and physical it will cost me energy. It could impact my interpersonal relationships, my finances, all of the things of why it's important. And so then I need to decide, is the cost worth the thing that I am scared to do? And the answer is yes. So the reframe I might come up with is this break feels unsafe. And so this is a skill I might use with a client. It feels unsafe to rest. How much do I believe this thought? Like, is this motivating me? It's about a four. If I was to scale on one to seven, seven, I believe this fully. So, because I know there's probably more under this, but I chose to, to go at it this way this time. So um, I'm going to say about a four. So I need my reframe to feel about a four too. So this break feels unsafe. And it's cope withable. It's doable. I can do this hard thing. I believe that at a seven, 100%. And so what I've just done there 
is I've highlighted a reframe that feels stronger than the fear. And so that will help me to go into this. And I know I have my coping skills. I know I have my strategies that when I go into this break, I know how to cope with it if it feels difficult. I think the other part of this now, I was exposed to someone with COVID, so I'm waiting for my results. And so that will deeply impact whether or not I'm able to leave leave my house. If I'm stuck in my house and I can't leave and I can't work, that might feel distressful. Another reframe I could come up with, here we go, is I work my best after rest that I can believe at a seven, a hundred percent. I, if you're familiar with Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec and she's trying to think of her great idea and Ron Swanson locks her in her room and she falls asleep and then she comes and she's like, and I have five million ideas. And it is exactly that. Uh, there is a book I read and it was really impactful. I read it in the summer. It was called Do Nothing. And the book really challenged how to move away from this culture of work where we work a 40, 50, 60, 70 hour work week, most of us. And so in the book, um, one of the things that she challenges is to not work more than a four hour work day. Now, for many people, that's not even feasible. But when you're your own boss... I should be able to do that. I I remember when I started, I said, I want to be the best boss out there. I want to have, you know, time off and vacation. And I I want to treat myself better than any employer ever has. And the truth is, is I've probably treated myself worse than any employer ever has. And I had this thought the other day, friends. One of the things when you like Google, how to improve body image the thing that comes up is like gratitude. Gratitude cannot be mustered out of thin air. Is that a word? Like it cannot just be pulled out of thin air and it's like, okay, well, I'm grateful for my body. But true gratitude comes as a result of acceptance. So when you think of my body grief method, if you think of the stages of grief and I just use the stages of grief through the, the lens of body image. So when you look at the stages of grief, the stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. When we are oscillating between bargaining and depression, that's the fear of if I go into this next stage, I'm going to get stuck. And that scares me. But what we know from grief is that when we allow ourselves to be sad, when we allow it to suck, when the depression is present, that is when we can move into the acceptance. Acceptance isn't I love my body. It is what it is. So if I were to take that same framework with rest, it's almost like I'm bargaining on the idea of like, well, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, like it's working. So I don't, I don't need, I don't need to change anything. And it's true, but it comes at a high cost. 
it's already costing me so much. And so this is how I grow. And so I will go into this break afraid, prepared for this part to be the hardest, like the going into it. Once I'm, once I'm in it, then I'm great. So I think also too, once I accept, hey, you know what? This wasn't that bad. I was able to take a 10-day break. My business didn't light on fire. Like, we're good. I think that will change the next time I want to break. And what we call that is a memory pairing. And so what happens is we have this fear, probably rooted in trauma, probably from some instance of whether real or perceived that something was going to happen. And then when we have this moment of like, hey, that didn't happen this time. There are more chances in the future that we can move forward and say, ah, hmm, I remember last time I took a break and here's what happened. This is what's changed for me. So that is all I have for you tonight, my friends. Thank you for sitting with me in my suck. I would say before tonight, I said the statement, it feels unsafe to rest, probably felt like about a four. I would say probably feels like a like a one or a two. I feel ready uh, to rest. There are still some things that I need to do to go in and strategize. I need to go and delegate some tasks. I need to figure out, are there spaces where I still need to get some work done? And where can I do that in my schedule? And then really highlighting more of these fun and functional rest pieces into the next two weeks of my life. So... I really appreciate it. And I love y'all. See you on the other side of this. Bye, friends. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Body Groovers Club. This podcast was made possible by my Body Groovers Club membership. If you like what you heard today, you can leave us a review and you can share this episode with all of your friends. If you're interested in learning more about how you can work with me, check out the link in my bio on my Instagram page at Body Image with Brie or my website at bodyimagewithbrie.com. Thank you again for being here, friends. Until next time. Thank you.